Hello, Will Bell here, coming to you with the latest installment of the My Personal Economy podcast. Today, don't be scared of recession, but be scared of what it means. I'll delve into the reality of the economic world we live in and what you can do to recession-proof your finances. Welcome to the My Personal Economy podcast the place where we get you up to speed with what's going on so you can make sound decisions when it comes to your financial life. Now, let's get started on today's topic. Recession, it's that ugly word that scares everyone. But what it really is, is a measuring stick for where we are as an economy. The common definition of a recession is two quarters of negative gross domestic product, better known as GDP. GDP is just all the stuff we have spent as a country all added up. So a recession is just six months in a row of decreased spending. This is bad because whenever you spend something, someone else is making it. When someone else makes it, they can then spend this and so on and so on. This leads to increased incomes and inflation, what we would normally call good times. When it goes in reverse, which is where we're at now, it normally leads to bad times. And this is why recession is feared so much. Recessions are dangerous because people stop spending money. When people stop spending money, businesses stop employing because they're no longer making money like they were before. When people lose their jobs or get their wages cut, they can't pay for essentials like food, electricity and housing. That's a scary proposition and I've got worse news. Remember like a minute ago when I said the GDP was the total amount we spent as a country? Well, our GDP over the last 12 months has been 1.6%. What's been conveniently left out of the news is that we also have record highs of immigration, which is pushing our population growth along at 1.96% as at 2018. Logic would say that if you measure GDP per capita, meaning per person, then we're actually spending less already we're already in a recession. I'll put a link in the show notes of the blog so you can see what I'm talking about. But you don't need the data. Just think about it. Our real wages haven't increased for about five years, yet the cost of things such as health insurance, cancel rates, car regos, childcare, row tolls, education, and probably a whole heap of other things just keep going up. There's even a thing called underemployment now. Our governing powers try and do things to make us spend more in the real economy. Our record low interest rates are a great example of that. They reduce the interest rates so our home loan and credit cards and other debt repayments get reduced. So in theory, we have more money to spend. Unfortunately, that has just resulted in house prices getting pushed higher and higher. When that runs out, meaning when interest rates go to zero, governments have another dirty little trick that won't work up their sleeves. That's continually printing money. They call it modern monetary theory like it's meant to fool people into thinking they know what they're doing. Increasing the supply of money has never ended well for any culture in the history of mankind. It didn't work well for Rome. Nero started mixing his silver coins with other low base metals on the sneak. The problem is they always start with just a little bit and it turns into a terminal soul-sucking addiction. They borrow money for wars they can't afford. Then when that river runs dry, they debase the currency by creating more money. In Rome's case, it was adding inferior ingredients, therefore increasing the amount of coins they could make. In modern times, we do it far more easier. We just press a button. There's a YouTube link in the show notes. 
The link shows the US Federal Reserve Bank head, Ben Bernanke, explaining this on a 2011 episode of 60 Minutes. It's not something that's made up, it's what actually happens. The downfall of any great culture has either been at the hands of a cataclysmic natural disaster, or because they thought they could ignore the lessons history taught us and create more money willy-nilly. It just doesn't work. This podcast is made for the average everyday Australians going about their business and living their lives. It is too easy to put money to the periphery and I feel I need to let the world know that in times like these, they are the poor. And when I say poor, I mean working class or below. The poor get screwed while the rich get richer. We live in prosperous times. Don't mistake it as a riot. The time to capitalise is now because you might not have the same opportunities in the future. So today I've done my spill of down-talking everything, and now I'm going to give you three tips as to what I think everyone can do to recession-proof your life. Number one, people are going to hate me here. You need to earn more income. People are always thinking too much in speculative terms and think they can buy investments that aren't actually earning anything, then sell it when it goes up. Even if you get there, piles of money have a funny way of disappearing fast. How many people do you know that just sold their investments and are living off fat stacks? The people retired and living well have investments that are making them income. And if you think super's got you covered, then think again. As a nation, we're buying houses later in life and paying more for them. This means we pay our debts off later on in life, which means we wait longer to start building our nest eggs. We don't have enough time unless we want to retire at 75. Bringing you back to the present, I've already mentioned that wages aren't going up, but expenses are. So if expenses are going up, then guess what? It takes you longer to pay the mortgage off. The reason we need to focus on income is we're currently going backwards. I understand how infuriating it might sound. If it was so easy, then you would just go out and earn more, right? We all need to agree that the good times don't roll on forever. In a world that's focused on profit and governments that have truly lost the plot, you need to take responsibility for your own financial future. My second tip is probably what people would focus on first, and that's to look where you can cut back on. If you're good enough at increasing your income, then you won't need to cut down on expenses. That's why that was number one. However, the reality is you probably need to spend some money to make some money. And to spend money, you'll probably need to save some. I really don't want to go into a huge spiel about how you should turn into the world's biggest tightwad. Instead, maybe you can frame it this way. Focus on saving money somewhere from your monthly expenses. It could be on utilities, eating out, drinking out, wherever. This money is now your investment into figuring out how to earn more income. Think of it in terms of what you are spending versus what you are investing. It's an easier pill to swallow. You could invest that money anywhere. Pay for a subscription that will help you learn a skill. Get a new qualification that will add value to your current job. Start a side hustle. There are literally thousands of things you can do. A little note here. At some point, you'll probably feel like you're throwing money away because you're not making any money straight away. Remember, investing is about the long term and you just need to keep on investing to get long term results. The alternative is speculating and that's a bet on the promise of a better future. I don't recommend that way. Now, there's people out there who are going to say how busy their lives are and that they can't possibly do anything like that. And to that I say, that's fine. You'll have plenty of time when you're retired and broke. 
I could go into a whole spiel into mindset here, but at the end of the day, that's what it comes down to. You want to feel rich now, working a 38 hour a week, spending your money on stuff, that's fine. Just realize that maybe, maybe the good times don't roll on. Moving on to tip number three, and this is one thing that I see people doing wrong all of the time. To plan a better future, you need to be able to look into the future. You need to see the potential risks and have things in place which will work around them if they happen. A common question I ask borrowers when they're signing up for a 30-year home loan is, if you can't work for a prolonged period of time, then how will you afford bills, food and mortgage? Maybe your parents are super rich and if you end up sick, disabled or die, then everything will be okay financially. Maybe not. What if you're employed in a dying industry like the car manufacturing industry of the last 10 years and a recession comes? The best thing you can do is ask, what could go wrong and how could I prevent that? I'm big on protecting yourself because in my 13 odd years of finance, I've seen bad things happen to good people. If you're going to have to figure out how to earn more for a better future, then you should work to protect what you've already got first. That's a good start. Actually, you can start by figuring out what your current income is and multiplying that by how many years of work you have left. For example, if you're 30 and plan to work till 35 and you earn 100 grand a year, then your total income is 3.5 mil. For most of you out there, your income's your biggest asset and it's not properly protected. Yeah, I bet you've got your car insured. I must point out here that I'm not a financial advisor. If you want to properly insure yourself, then you need to engage a good financial planner or a good financial advisor. Insurance will cost you money. People always ask, what does it cost? That's the wrong question. The question is, what will it cost if you need it and you don't have it? One final thing on protecting yourself. Do not ignore this. I'm the person that people often come to when they get in trouble because they need to borrow their way out of a problem. That's all cool, but you need to qualify for lending. Generally, it's a rule that when you don't need it, they're throwing it at you. And when you do need it, no one will give you the money. There it is. That's the third tip. I just want to say one more thing before we finish up the show for today. And that's that the more I dig into money and how it works, the more I get the feeling that there are big things coming. It could be this year or it could be in 10 years. Be assured that continually creating money is a road to nowhere and history proves that. When will things fall apart? That's the hard question. In a world where the word responsibility is used as a way to blame someone or something else, the best you can do is take responsibility. This world is getting crazier and crazier. Flying cars, Mars colonies, AI, augmented reality, negative interest rates, cryptocurrencies, and a cashless society. It is easy to get distracted. A passive approach to your finances means being poor in old age. Don't be a victim. Figure out how to make more and how to invest in yourself and at the same time, cover your backside. I'm Will Bell, and this has been another episode of the My Personal Economy podcast. Thanks for listening to the My Personal Economy podcast. I hope you've got some nuggets of wisdom you can use from today's episode. My goal with this podcast is to help people understand their finance a little bit better. So if you have any questions I can address, please get in contact. You can find me by searching Will Bell Mortgage Broker on Google or Facebook. Thanks for stopping by.